Um, the plan for today is um, Paul is going to have another uh, full Sunday school hour. Um, this will be the kind of um, uh, final um, hour that we're going to dedicate to singing in this way. Um, uh, next Sunday, um, uh, well, the next two Sundays rather, I will be um, off from my duties, and so um, Elder Lauren Clark will be teaching. Um, next Sunday on um, the remainder of the chapter on creation um, in the Westminster Confession, and then the following Sunday, the 19th, he'll be teaching on uh, the beginning of chapter 5 on providence. And so we will proceed after that continuously with the Westminster Confession. I'll pick back up on the 26th um, in teaching that document. So we'll continue to have those um, theological discussions in weeks ahead. Um, however, starting on the 19th, um, we will be dedicating um, the last um, 15 minutes of Sunday school to singing, um, working on hymns or psalms or whatever it is that we want to learn together. Um, so Paul will continue to teach us in that manner um, week by week. Um, with those things in mind, we pray for us, and I'm going to turn it over to Paul um, so we can uh, spend this time together this morning. Let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, we're grateful for um, your loving kindness, thankful for um, this new day and the way that you are gracious to us, um, Father, not only to forgive our sins and to grant us the hope of everlasting life through uh, your Son, but also to grant us this very tangible gift, um, which is the Lord's Day, um, this day that is set apart um, to be a cessation of our normal activities, to be dedicated to rest and to worship. And we're grateful for how you're gracious to us in that way, Lord. You uh, remember our frame. You know that we're dust. You know that we need this. We need this weekly reminder of your love and your presence and your spirit. We pray that that would be true uh, for us today. And we ask for your blessing upon our time this morning um, as we sing together. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, long time no see. <laughs> Let's try this again. Um, yeah, I brought my little speaker this morning because I wanted to play a recording for you of some people who do this very well. Um, and for some reason, the speaker is not, not working. Um, but here's homework, should you choose to accept it. If you'll go to YouTube and do a search on Psalm 139 and Queen, as in Elizabeth, um, there's a recording that will come up from a little over a year ago when her body was being carried into Westminster Hall across from Westminster Abbey the week before her funeral. And um, so it's the, people often ask me about recordings of this and I wince a little bit because I don't know any great recordings of like a congregation singing. Uh, the Westminster Abbey Choir is a highly trained choir and the sopranos are all boys. No congregation is gonna sound like that. Um, but um, the, um, the great thing to take away from their performance as well as other choirs' performances, they, there's nothing robotic about what they do. Uh, they're not on autopilot. They're being very sensitive to text. Um, that recording of and the music that they're using for Psalm 139 is uh, by their then director, James O'Donnell, um, who now I think is at the School of Sacred Music at, at Yale. Um, the sound at the beginning of it, again, Psalm 139, Queen, that's what we're looking for. The sound at the beginning of it is not great because they're outside, you hear footsteps of the pallbearers and the gravel outside. As they get into that space, 
you can hear the, hear the choir better. I don't know that it went quite viral, but it is interesting to see comments by people on YouTube who were blown away by it and in social media. What was that 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 choir sang when the queen was being brought in? I'm an atheist. I was moved to tears by this, that, ki that kind of thing. So it's worth, worth listening to. All right, what I want to begin for, for us to sing right now is um, Psalm 46, which um, I believe is on the, on the cover of that packet. Um, this is the one that, you know, it's a, as easy as it gets, really, because it's only two, line, two notes per line. God is our refuge and strength. Can we do that? God is our refuge. Listen. God is our refuge and strength. Now, what I sort of hear is kind of a bashful, God is our refuge and strength, without any differentiation of what, what's most important. God, refuge, strength. God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength. Yes. A very present help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. Okay, I don't know if I have this note this morning. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, the Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. The God of Jacob. There's an error in the next stanza. <laughs> um, you know, something happened as I was, you know, preparing packet for week three or whatever it was. And it's one of these things where there's a glitch. I must have defined something. Uh, but in the next line, you've got, for the lines three and four, God shall help her when morning dawns. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Those, of course, should be flipped. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved comes first. God shall help her when morning dawns. Okay. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. The, the holy habitation of the Most High. Of the Most High. Of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her when morning dawns. God shall help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. Right, the sound is not echoing the sense, right, what I just did. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. 
he utters his voice and the earth shall melt away. So here's your chance to imitate the voice of God. The voice of Jesus in Revelation is like the voice of many waters that John hears. Okay, so can we, can we do something like that? He utters his voice and the earth shall melt away. He utters his voice and the earth and then really declamatory, the Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come behold the works of the Lord. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolation he has brought on earth. What desolation he makes war to cease in all the world. He makes war to cease in all the world. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the chariots with fire. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the chariots with fire. Okay, not enough sense of breaking and shattering and burning with fire, he breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the chariots with fire. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, what I did is not the only way to do it. You did it one dynamic level, right? One volume level from beginning to end, whereas because it's talking about exaltation, I started soft. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The crescendo through the line. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Now, part of what works against us is, uh, but I've never wanted to say anything about this in the four Sundays or whatever I've done this, but our spread outness uh, works against us, you know, in, in singing together, um, especially in an acoustic that's as dead as this. Part of what we have to do is use our imagination. This music demands some resonant space around it. So I have to imagine what that would sound like. The other thing that we're going to fix right now is they can't sing this sitting down, especially in these chairs. They're too comfy. They're too, too at ease. So we can't really get a meaty, the Lord of hosts is with, you know. So let's stand up and plow through this whole, whole psalm. Okay.
God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, and the earth shall melt away. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolation he has brought on earth. He makes war to cease in all the world. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Okay, have a seat. <clears throat> now, the fact that every single syllable is not together, it's sort of like with the Lord's Prayer. After we've said the Lord's Prayer together enough, almost anywhere in the English-speaking world, we all say it basically the same way and in sync. So you do that enough, it, or the creed or anything else, uh, it, it, gets, it gets in sync. Um, I said at the outset that um, part of the challenge was don't use the language for the next four weeks of I like or I don't like. Find other ways, you know, to, to talk about it. And a question that I suggested is really good to ask is, um, what is, or in not just this kind of music, any music, what is it doing? What's going on? Now, let me say something about this. Um, so a kid, uh, a youth in Florida asked me one time, Paul, why do you like chants so much? And I said, you know, it's not that there's this thing called chant that I like so much, because if you said, here, you can have a CD of a string quartet or some guitars or whatever playing this. For me to just sit and listen to, not particularly interested. I mean, I, I, I'm going to use the language. You know, I like it, but it's not something I want to listen to a recording of just that as an instrumental. Now, this morning we're going to sing for all the saints with 
what I think is one of the best hymn tunes of the 20th century. We've also been using it for the metrical Philippians 2, all praise to thee for thou king divine. This cannot hold a candle, I think, to There's no comparison. That's a finer piece of music. But even for all the saints cannot replace for me, say, this. Which is Brahms but I can't sing for all the saints to it. I mean, it's a complete, you know, concert music, recital music. But that can't replace for me, say, Mahler's Second Symphony, the Resurrection Symphony. And these things are not in competition with one another, but they're fulfilling different needs for me. So to bring it full circle, neither the Brahms, nor for all the saints, nor Mahler or anything else, does for me what this does for me, which gives me an opportunity to sing a text like Psalm 46 straight from a translation. Now, a uh, pastor I worked with in Florida was on board with all this. His admission to me was, do not, when you introduce it, which is about four years in, don't use the word chant. Why? Because he he knew that it was going to have really negative connotations for people, right? Because it sounds, it's Catholic. Catholic the chant is what Catholics do. So I just want to spend one minute demystifying this word chant for a moment. And we're going to put on our liberal arts caps, right? English, because if it weren't for the fact that William the Conqueror crossed in the 11th century and came into England, most of us would probably speak in something that would be a whole lot more Germanic than what we speak. But William brings um, French influence, more Latin influence. So as a result, to paint, paint in very broad strokes, English has at least a couple of words for everything. So sweat is the German word and the French word, perspire, right, is the French slash Latin word. Um, this shows up in um, animals and meats a lot. Lamb is the German word. Mutton is the French. Um, deer is the German word. And venison is the French. Um, cow is the German word. Beef, I believe, is the French. Okay, so with this, seeing is the German word and chant is the French. Um, anyone here took French? Remember what the verb for sing is? To chanter in Spanish, cantar. Um, so in the Latin translation of the Old Testament, sing to the Lord a new song is chant to the Lord a new chant. Uh, cantate domi, help me Latin people, domi no, is it? Canticum novum, sing to the Lord a new song. In Luther's German translation, it's sing, a form of sing to, to the Lord. So the advantage of having the word chant is it gives us, a, that's also, by the way, the title of, Luther, of uh, Calvin's book of 
psalms and his liturgy, les chants et prières ecclésiastiques, the, the songs and prayer, ecclesiastical prayers, but chants, les chants. Um, what it gives us in English is a way to talk about this music and what it's doing. So when I introduced it to the choir in Florida, I got to call it something. So I'm not going to call it chant. How do I talk about this? So what I came up with was this is spandex music. So I, I look up spandex to make sure I'm spelling it right and discover that it's an anagram of the word expands. Just move the X to the back, move the S up front, and you get spandex. Now that, that's perfect because it means that the music here is expanding and contracting to the lengths of lines, right? There's no ta-da, 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 ta-da. Sometimes it's a long line, sometimes a short line. The music expands and contracts. What this means is that chanted psalmody is the yoga pants of Christian music, okay? This is what it allows us to do. Um, it's music that comes to the text and says, I'm not going to force you into a straitjacket of ta-da, 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 ta-da. I will completely submit myself to the text. That's what I said to the guy who asked me, youth. I said, what, this is what I like about it is what it allows me to do, that I can take the text of scripture and sing it right off the page, okay? So if we need to demystify the word chant, there, there it is, okay? So let's do a little bit more. Um, let's go the, the next step up, uh, next page, was Psalm 150. Um, All right, let's see what voice we've got here. I'm going to do it. <coughs> okay. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his sanctuary. Uh, men, let me put you on the spot in particular. There's a fair amount of testosterone in the room. Um, let's have it. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Got to sound like trumpets now. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with lute. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let all that has breath praise the Lord. Let all that has breath praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the can we go back to the beginning? Praise God in his sanctuary. Can we stand again, please? Um, all right. Psalm 150 is the last psalm, surely not by accident. Psalm 88, which we'll do again this morning. The lament is far behind us. All enemies are gone. All lament is over. Now, as a friend of mine at the Morning News said one time, the final Five or six psalms are like the big C major hammer chords at the end of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, where it sounds like he doesn't know where to stop, but they're just big exclamation points at the end of the symphony. Okay, Psalm 150 is the big exclamation point at the end of the exclamation points. Praise God in his sanctuary. All right, let's see if we can do it. Uh, just straight through. Not going to do repeat after me. Praise God. Here we go. Praise him to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let all that has breath praise the Lord. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of ways we could do the last line. We could do praise the Lord and, you know, come slow it down. Or praise the Lord. Let's do it that way for now. Praise the Lord. Do that. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's do this once through with accompaniment. Although now I'm going to play it where it's written. Okay. Uh, we're just omitting the first praise the Lord. We just start on praise God. Uh, then we'll do the doxology at the end for kicks. Here we go. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let all that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Okay, good. Have a seat. Questions about that? Um... Just one little thing for show and tell here, lest you think that I'm mad. Not angry mad, but like crazy mad. All this psalm stuff. What, um, this is a conversation that's going on across. It's interesting how waves happen in the, in the church um, with everyone across denominational lines talking about things. 
Here's a recent book, well, several years old now, from um, Rodman and Holman, which is, is it still the Southern Baptist publishing arm? I mean, it used to be at least. Uh, Forgotten Songs, Reclaiming the Psalms for Christian Worship with Baptists and Presbyterians con contributing to it. Um, Scott Aniel, Musing on God's Music, Forming Hearts of Praise with the Psalms. Scott Aniel, until recently, taught at Southwestern Baptist Seminary in Fort Worth. His Baptist church in Fort Worth, the Reformed Baptist Church, they chant the Psalms. He's now uh, teaching, I think, at a school in Georgia. But here's a conservative, reformed Southern Baptist, brand new book, writing about the need for the church to reclaim, um, reclaim the Psalms. Gordon Wenham, um, a couple of books in the past decade. This one, The Psalter Reclaimed, Praying and Praising with the Psalms. Um, I think a fair number of people would give to Gordon Wenham the title of the most outstanding evangelical Old Testament scholar. He's a Brit, evangelical Anglican. The other book he wrote is called The Psalms as Torah. Um, and those books are, among other things, pleas for the restoration of the Psalms to, to Christian worship. A couple of the best, I think, um, one by Dietrich Bonhoeffer that can be read in an evening called Psalms, the Prayer Book of the Bible. Bonhoeffer, as you may know, ran um, a little underground seminary uh, during the Nazi regime. When Bonhoeffer went to England, he heard the Brits chanting the Psalms and said, oh, that's cool, and took it back. So his German seminarians chanted the Psalms in German with the Anglican chants that he had brought back from, from England. So this book, which I think was published illegally and was written and published under duress, um, is a great, a great little book. Um, far more recent, N.T. Wright. By the way, when I quote people or mention books and so forth, I don't want to have to take time every t time and say, now, I don't necessarily agree with everything that these people say, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera because, you know, it would get tedious if I say, well, I don't agree with everything that Scott Aniel says or Bonhoeffer or this guy or, okay, so I'm, I'm not presenting any of this as all unalloyed gospel truth in every sentence. Um, N.T. Wright, um, a New Testament scholar, but in controversial, especially in some North American Reformed um, circles. Uh, but for my money, is some, when I read him, he makes me want to get back into the text. But an interesting New Testament guy who's written tons on Jesus, tons on Paul, took time out to write a book about the Psalms. Not a very good title, I think, The Case for the Psalms, Why They Are Essential. But it's a book written with very strong conviction about the need to restore the Psalms. Um, and I have with me, um, the, in, the, in the UK, Wright's book is published as Finding God in the Psalms. I have four copies here, and I have two copies of the Bonhoeffer. So 
I'm just going to leave them there. If you want it, it's yours, okay? So just uh, come up and grab it at the end. All right. Um, Psalm 88, which is a separate sheet. All right, we did Psalm 46, two notes per line. Psalm 150, three notes per line. Psalm 88, four notes per line. So it grows a little bit in melodic interest. Um, when I did a psalm seminar last year at this time in Maine, I don't remember if I mentioned this, but <laughs> during occasionally, you know, two-day seminar, I would say, okay, before I move on to something else, anything you would like to review on these teenage girls, Psalm 88, we ended up singing it like six times in the, in the span of 12 hours. They kept wanting to go back to Psalm 88. I don't know exactly why that might be, but that's what they wanted. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this. The, the composer of this tone is Paul Grimm. Looks like Grime, G-R-I-M-E. Paul Grimm, he teaches, at, um, teaches pastoral theology at Concordia uh, Lutheran Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Right? Perfect for a lament. O Lord God of my salvation, O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles. For my soul is full of trouble, and my life draws near to Sheol, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. For they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit. You have put me in the depths of the pit. In the regions dark and deep. In the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, 
and you overwhelm me with all your waves. And you overwhelm me with all your waves. And you overwhelm me with all your waves. We're about to enter a series of questions that assume an answer of no, and, but don't get a final answer until the resurrection on the third day. But this is what it feels like. Um, to be this deep in the pit. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call on you, O Lord. Every day I call on you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Do the departed rise up to praise you? One thing I'm doing is I've got the first line that goes like this. Then it builds a little bit in intensity and goes like this. And then climactically, I'm up here, and often it works very well with the text. Da -dee -da -tum. I build to that. Da -dee -da -tum. Everything is not the same. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave? or your faithfulness in destruction, or your faithfulness in destruction. Are your wonders known in the darkness? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O oh Lord, cry to you. But I, O oh Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up. Afflicted and close to death from my youth I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. 
Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. Darkness is my only companion. Darkness is my only companion. It's a Good Friday psalm. Okay. So let's do it with the accompaniment. And again, because even though we're sort of learning uh, what for most of us is probably unfamiliar way of singing that relies so much on our sensitivity to the text, um, I still want this to be more than, more than that, okay? So here again, I want us to bring to, you can pray this for yourself. Maybe you don't feel exactly like this. Maybe you do. Or maybe you know someone who does, who struggles with uh, the darkness of depression, a sense that God is nowhere near. Um, Or even if you don't know that person, we can be sure that somewhere in the body of Christ this morning, there is someone who feels this way. This, This became, at the beginning of the pandemic, when our church was, you know, not meeting in person for couple months and we we're going into the office and so forth and we just cooped up at home Sarah's a vet she was an essential employee you go, go to work I'm just by myself um, I think okay my title is director of worship and music I'm a Christian believer it is incumbent upon me to continue in that role even if it's just in the four walls of my living room my job to pray for people who are dying in hospital hallways in Italy, who don't have the breath or don't know this psalm by heart. So every day for months, as you know, part of my daily devotion, I pray this for everyone. Um, Simon Chan, who's an Asian Pentecostal theologian, says in his book on worship that evangelical Christians have learned to sing everything, Christian rock, Christian country, Christian, except the Psalms, Asian Pentecostal. If evangelicals are gonna have fully biblical worship, they will have to learn the Psalms, he says. And he says, we sing them in the spirit of weep with those who weep when it's a Psalm like this, okay? So let's, Bring someone to mind for whom this can become intercessory prayer.
God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep, your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your ways. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call on you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O oh Lord, cry to you, in the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth, I suffer your terrors, I am helpless, your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. Darkness is my only companion. I have a friend who says that's the most hopeful psalm of all. Why? Because the guy in his misery is still crying out to God by his covenant name, Yahweh, the Lord, and calling him the God of my salvation. 
It could scream at his wife, could scream at his kids, but instead cries, cries out to God. Um, let me, can I read just a couple of quotations before you close this in prayer? Um, this is from uh, Rowan Williams, former Archbishop of Canterbury, in a book on St. Augustine and in a chapter on Augustine's understanding of the Psalms. Singing the Psalms becomes a means of learning what it is to inhabit the body of Christ and to be caught up in Christ's prayer. The singing of the Psalms becomes the most immediate routine means of identifying with the voice of Christ. Reginald Box, um, who wrote the only book I know of on about singing the Psalms this way and died at 98 a couple of years ago. At the heart of Christian prayer and worship are the Psalms. Simple chanting rooted in the church's tradition can help us to find in them more than an echo or vehicle of our individual prayers. The Psalms can lift us above ourselves and draw us into the eternal stream of adoration and praise, which is the prayer of the whole church and of the Lord Christ himself. That is what liturgy is about.